You are listening to the 149th, right, episode? Yes. Okay, 149th episode of Downtime Podcast. I'm Elisa. I'm Jeremy. And if we were a Pokemon on the list, we would be Dragonite. Hey. Dragonite episode, <laughs> but um, we're here. We're here now. I got a I got a quick update for you, Elisa. What's up? I I got new glasses, but oh nice! They keep slipping down my face, and I don't know why. Hmm. And I went to like the optometrist to get it fixed, and they adjusted it, and it was good for like five minutes, and then it just. It went back to being what it was before. So I don't know if they're like front heavy or if it's just like not the right size. Like it feels good on my face. I just don't know why it's not staying. I, I they, they are definitely heavier than my last pair of glasses. Um, but I don't know. Have you ever had that issue before? I had a pair of thick rimmed glasses that also dropped down on my face pretty often to the point that I actually had to connect the ends of the glasses with a strap so that they would continue staying on my face and then the strap was just under my hair and everything. And then I switched glasses last year and so this new pair of glasses that I'm wearing right now, they're the type of glasses that have the nose rests. So it has like the two pieces that... um the two plastic pieces that also sit on top of your nose. Mm -hmm. And I find these types of glasses just, I have no issues with pretty much ever falling off of my face. Whenever I wear a wear glasses, um, especially thick rim glasses are like this. Whenever I wear those types of glasses and they don't have the nose rests, the, well, like each, each glasses has a nose rest, but I mean like, the, the nose rests that actually have like those two pieces sticking out right. then they will always fall off um so you're talking about like the ones with the pads right yes so right now you have the ones with the pads yes i have these currently my glasses are ray-bans oh yeah and and they um but they're it's like they're like not like they're traditional like thick rimmed glasses but they are rimmed a little bit, and then they have the nose pads on them. That's what I got. I got three bands as well with nose pads. Um, I prefer these because, like you said, they do stay on your nose a lot better. But I don't know. These, for some reason, just keep slipping down. And I'm like, what the hell is the problem? Like, are they positioned incorrectly? I'm not sure. Like, I need to feel... I, I think I need to go back to the optometrist and be like, yo, actually fix this. <laughs> like, what the heck is the wrong... I I wonder if like the the glasses like the the flaps are short enough that to wrap around your ears. That's what I'm thinking too. Like when I I notice that when I take my glasses off, they come off easily. Like they don't mm-hmm. they don't come off like with a little bit of force. Like they come off yeah. like it feels like if I were to like jump up and down for a long time, they would eventually fall off in like, you know, like 5 seconds. <laughs> yeah, totally. But like, 
I will say though, like the the place I went to had a lab in in the area. Like oh sorry, a lab in the um in the store. So my glasses came out in like ten minutes. It was insane. Whoa. Like from the moment that, I ordered so, them. So they just melded the lens the correct glass lens for you in that moment? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was like a builder bear factory. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're like, hey, uh, it'll be ready in an hour. I was like, okay, cool. I step outside for 10 nice. minutes, and then, then they're like, hey, it's ready. I'm like, what the? F-? Yo, way too fast. Wow. Yeah. But um, other than that, it's uh, it's been pretty cold in the Bay Area. Not going to lie. Yeah. It rained, or not, like, it drizzled a little bit at some point. It's definitely colder. Yeah, sounds like fall to me. Yeah, it it rained in San Francisco a couple days ago on Saturday, and for, like, a good 30 minutes, and then it stopped. It was nice. Kind of missed the rain. Yeah, it was, like, Yeah, that sounds about right. It's like the it it sucks though because it like rained and my car was dusty because I haven't washed it in a while and then when the rain dried it now my car's a mess. It just it looks kind of dirty on the outside. Yeah, I hate it. So I'm just <laughs> waiting for the next big rain that's like actually a downpour to fully wash my car <laughs> free car wash <laughs> free car wash yeah no i feel it that's that's the benefit right yeah and you know it is good weather now for for people to have a new console happy playstation 5 launch and happy xbox launch because now there's no reason for you to go outside that's and you true have a bunch of games to play some more than others, I would say. <laughs> yes. Like some some I'm hearing like this some games are still in delivery for people. As well yeah. as some consoles are still in delivery for people, but people have the games. Yeah, especially with Halo being a really big disappointment. I feel like a lot of people were oh, buying I'm not caught up on that. Oh yeah. Halo got delayed and people were buying Xbox Series X's just to play Halo Infinite. And then, of oh. course, when it got shown as like a gameplay trailer, everyone started shitting on it because of the graphics and, I guess, mainly the graphics. <laughs> um, I see. Yeah. And so 343 was like, all right, well, we're going to go back to the drawing board for a little hmm. bit. I mean, I thought it was fine. It looked like Halo to me. And I was like, dude, I can't wait to play that on Steam. And then I got delayed. I was like, oh, well, cool, I guess. But um, what was the reason they delayed it? Just because they needed more time? Yeah, was they wanted it? to adjust it to meet fans' feedback and expectation. Okay. And uh, yeah, they they pushed it out, and I'm just like, all right, cool. That's cool with for me. sure. But yeah, I mean, I I'm not really too bummed about it. Same thing with like. Um, what is it? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. It got delayed and I'm just like, eh, 
I can wait. There's like people that took days off for that shit and they're just like, oh, we can't play it now. I'm like, dude, that's why you just don't take a day off to play a video game when you know it might be delayed. Or even better decision, don't take a day off. Just call in a sick day because you then you'll actually know at that moment if you have the game or not. Then you just call in sick. Yeah, that's true. I'm not promoting anything, by the way. <laughs> I'm not promoting any bad business practices. What you do is on you. Yep. That is your choice. I'm not liable for anything. Yeah, that you have that in writing now, or I guess listening <laughs> in audio yep. form. You, you have that in audio form, which some might say is super legit. Did I tell you about the story well, of one of my... um? One of my high school classmates who took the day off to play Final Fantasy thirteen because he was a huge Final Fantasy fan, and then he oh yeah, and yeah. then Final <laughs> Fantasy ten thirteen is like the one of the most confusing storylines of all of Final Fantasy in the history of Final Fantasy. Yeah, he wanted to come back to school because he just didn't like the game. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you, dude. Yeah, that I don't blame him. I a hundred percented that game. I can't believe I did it. <laughs> right, do you feel proud? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just... guess 100%ing something is something to be proud of. But all the hours I spent on that game... To be fair, a lot of the trophies have to do with um, defeating the beasts... And the, the the last trophy that I had to get had to do with beating the adamantines, which are the large tortoises, the large tortoise beasts. So mm-hmm. it's not like I was that invested in the storyline. Got it. Yeah. I'm half proud. Let's call it that. I think, I think getting 100% in any game is something to be awed at. Yes. I agree. Mm. But yeah. Well, speaking Colin sick, but you didn't hear from me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um But yeah, happy um happy launch day for everyone who listens to the podcast who got a new console. Um as you know, we're not getting consoles yet, but we've been hearing a bunch of people Got their consoles, they're playing Spider-Man, they're having fun with it. So I hope it like, you know, I hope all these console launches continue to give you joy for 2020 and 2021. On the flip side of that, I heard that there's system freezes for both consoles. Um, especially yeah. PS5. My uh my buddy, he just told me earlier today that like, yeah, the PS5 just froze on me while I was playing Spider-Man. I was like, God oh, damn, I Aww. knew it. I knew there's gonna be some issue with these launch consoles. I was like, oh damn. It, it sucks, you know, you pay a lot of money for something and it doesn't work or, you know, it doesn't work to the expectations that you want it to because people buy consoles just to play games and not have to worry about, like, Windows crashing or getting a virus, you know? Yeah. So it just sucks when that happens. Was he connected to the network at that moment? Probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the full details, but he just said that he was just playing Spider-Man and it froze. And I was like, dude. I see. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. but Hopefully they fix those, uh, those issues quickly. They have to. 
Yeah, if it's a hardware issue like the Xbox 360 was when it red ringed, that's that's a different story. If it's a software issue, I'm like, all right, well, you can just put a mm-hmm. push a patch out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, speaking of yes. uh, Xbox 360 and that generation, so uh, one of my buddies, before he left back to his home country, Japan, he actually gave me his old PS3. Uh, it's a Japanese PS3. Oh, yeah. Meaning that you can translate it, everything to English. You can have the whole system UI in English, but Circle and X are swapped and you can't change it unless like you have some way to like go into the debug menu, which I am trying to figure out without jailbreaking my ps3 um Mm -hmm. that's the last thing i want to do but because i had a ps3 i was like huh i wonder what i could play that i can't play on the ps4 and i had a crazy idea so i went on ebay and i bought a copy of yakuza dead souls and now oh no way yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to play it this weekend wow Surprisingly, the game is still super cheap. It's it was thirty bucks, depending on like if you want a manual or not. Some a lot of people are selling it loose for like twenty. Um, but I'm excited to play this game. I have heard some very mediocre things about the game, but I am keeping an open eye. I'm excited to play it. This hey, is, this is the last. This was the last Yakuza game to release in the U.S. before. Sega was like, all right, people don't like this franchise because it sold so poorly and was rated so poorly in the U.S. Basically, this is the Yakuza game that killed the Yakuza franchise in the U.S. until Yakuza 0 came out and everyone's like, holy shit, this is awesome. So I'm looking To be fair, a Yakuza Dead Souls game, I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on paper, it sounds cool. The Yakuza characters fight zombies. But, like, mm-hmm. I need to play it and find out if it's actually terrible or if it's if it's something everyone slept on and they should play. But um, I'll let you guys know later. Waiting for the review. <laughs> I should have had this idea sooner. I, it, this is, like, a good Halloween game to play. Oh, good point. But That's okay. Yeah, it's never too late to play scary games. Yeah, it's never too late to play scary games. And in 2020, all the months blend in together, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Every month's a scary month in 2020. Every month's a scary month. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Yakuza, we're both playing Like a Dragon, the latest game. We don't have any reviews for the PlayStation 5, but we can offer you the knowledge we've learned so far from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Can I just preface this real quick and just say that before I started Yakuza Like a Dragon, I played Costume Quest 2, which is an RPG in the vein of JRPGs, and it's made by Double Fine. Shout out to Double Fine. They're awesome. And um, I started Final Fantasy X and X-2. Um, I, I was convinced by friend of the show DJB to play Final Fantasy X if he played a Yakuza game, and I still need to ask him if he's playing a Yakuza game. Um... But I started Costume Quest 2 because it was free on the Epic Games Store, and I played the first one a couple of years ago on Steam. So I started playing the second one, and I loved it. it it's a really short game. It was like total seven hours, maybe eight hours. Um, but it's fun. It's very quirky. It's definitely a kid's game that adults can enjoy. 
coming off of that, I kind of felt like I wanted to play another RPG. So, of course, I, I started Final Fantasy, but I kind of fell off because I was playing other things. And then I started it again, um, and that was fun. And I, I found myself actually liking the characters, and I was engaged in the story. Um, and I was in, in the back of my head, I was like, I'm, this is probably going to just tie me over until Yakuza Like a Dragon comes out. And when Yakuza Like a Dragon came out, I I know you and Dialisa had our qualms about the battle system for Like a Dragon because it was radically different than the beat em up that the original games are. But playing Yakuza Like a Dragon and experiencing the battle system, I was surprised. I actually was having a lot of fun playing it. How so, did you feel? So right now, I got sidetracked this weekend. So I'm only on Chapter 2 still. That's fine. No, no, no. That's fine. What I did notice already from the interface and playing the game is that the UI sets Itchy as a leader. And usually what that means in JRPG world is that that means not only are you just playing a turn-based system with yourself, but you're going to have a team of people. So one of the things that I'm excited for, whatever chapter that comes from, is when you're introduced to the other characters that are supposed to join your team, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that and. I'm I'm excited for that aspect because I think that's like one of the most like I think JR like turn based systems are the most fun when you have your party. Current like if you're playing these first few chapters and you're and as a player who's used to brawler, if you're a little annoyed by the fact that this changed, I completely get it. But definitely by the way that this is set up, there's gonna be people who join your party eventually. Yes. One of them, I'm pretty sure, is the ex-Marine or, like, the ex-Air Force guy that you meet outside of prison when you get out. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure this guy's going to join my party. Because he keeps following me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it only makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we talk a little bit more about the game... Um, so for longtime listeners, you guys know that we love the Yakuza franchise. We love everything about it. We both started playing Zero and some, like played all the games after that. Um, did you finish four, by the way, Elisa? No, I'm like completely sidetracked. I gotta, I gotta go back and do. Okay, things. I, I got sidetracked by the summer, so we gotta do like a we gotta do a quick spoiler cast on the remastered collection when you finish four. Yeah, well, when we do a spoiler cast, we can group three and four together, but I feel like five has to be its own separate podcast. Okay, (laughs) that's fine. Um, So going back to it, if you guys know, Elisa and I love the franchise, and we've done a spoiler cast on almost every single game in the Yakuza franchise that has been released, um, in the West at least. And Yakuza 7 follows the story of Ichiban Kasuga. He is um, a member of the Arakawa family and the Tojo clan, so the same clan that the the previous main protagonist, Kiryu, is from. And um, he is very loyal to his boss. He's loyal to his clan. And one day, he is told by his boss that he has to go to prison because one of the people in his family um, 
was caught shot well, a rival gang member. Correct. And and the boss wanted Ichi to take the take the blame and take the fall. So the year is 2001. It, it, it precedes um Yakuza Kiwami, but it it's after Yakuza 0. And um so Ichi goes to prison for 15 years, but he gets another 3 because he there's he starts a fight in the prison. So he went to prison from 2001 all the way to 2019. He this dude missed a lot of things. And it, it's it's great when he gets out of prison and he's just he's just like unaware of the whole world, but um yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to spoil anything else. Um I think that's a good like starting point to get people interested in the franchise and as Elisa and I mentioned before, this is a uh this is a soft reboot of the entire series. So in a sense, it does take place after 6, Yakuza 6, but you don't necessarily need to play 6. It will help greatly no. with what's going on in the story and the background. Um, and certain characters um, you will appear that you probably won't know unless you've played previous games or maybe you're kind of aware of because you've seen like a meme or whatever. But um, yeah, the uh, the the... The style of the game is turn-based combat in the, the vein of typical JRPGs. And um, it's funny because um, Ichi is obsessed with Dragon Quest. And I love how he references it a lot and it makes the game so Same meta. here. I wasn't expecting to even hear a reference of why it's turn-based, but here we are. Yeah, it's just it's so meta. It's so weirdly meta and I love it. I love it for that. Um and when it was first announced it would be turn-based, there was a lot of backlash from the community. People were hating on it. It was very divisive. People were, like, for it. There were people trying to give it a chance. There were people, like, against it. There were people that just hated it. But I can say wholeheartedly after trying it myself, I actually really do like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. And um, I really like Ichi as a protagonist as well. He's got. He definitely has that, like, anime main character vibe. Like he's, he's very passionate. He's very stupid. He's very strong, but he has a good heart, and he he knows who his friends are. He has a good head on his shoulders. But yeah, I I really like him as a character so far, and I really like the game. Um, Elisa, uh, his character contrasts well three. with Kiryu. Yeah, just their different personalities. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I was talking to my brother because he was watching me play a little bit of it, and I was explaining to him like how Kiryu is so like brooding and emo. Yeah, and he's he's not funny. Ichi is like really funny. Like he says really funny things, and he he smiles and he laughs. Like you never see Kiryu smile. Like you almost it's because Kiryu him. is awkward as fuck. He's like awkward funny. Yeah, like un he's the unintentionally funny person. Yeah. But Ichi, on the other hand, he has so much charisma, and there's such a glow from him, um, and it's magnified by his appearance. Like he's got like a bright red suit. He's got like crazy hair. Um, I was also telling my brother, like, yeah, I, I noticed that Ichi's costume is like the complete opposite of what Kiryu's is. Kiryu has like a gray suit, I just realized but a red, that. but a red like inner inner shirt. And Ichi has a red yeah. suit, but a gray inner shirt or like a white inner shirt. That's a good point. Yeah. So in a way, the devs are telling you like, this is not the main character, but we're kind of referencing 
I'm sorry, this is not Kiryu as a main character, but, but we're referencing him in a way uh, because he's like the opposite of what Kiryu is. And I can totally see that, and I like it. Wow. I didn't, I didn't even notice the whole suit thing until now. But that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, that was like one of the first things I noticed because I was thinking like, man, I know these devs are like, they're going to give us a lot of like little Easter eggs and signs to previous games and i just want to figure out what they are like even if it's not blatant it'll be subtle and i i do mm-hmm. feel like the suit is one of those subtle things and even even his hair like ichi's hair is so crazy compared to kiryu you know kiryu he so, loves perms yeah that's the other thing too he's, so, he's just ridiculous where where kiryu's like you know what i'm okay with wearing the same thing every day when all and, the time yeah i mean ichi is that way too but like he doesn't say it, and I'm sure he would totally wear something else if he could. Um, but yeah, I just I just noticed that off the bat, and I was so curious because, you know, Ichi, Ichi's just he's just so likable. I'm not saying that Kiryu is unlikable. It's just when you right when we first see him, we already know like this is the main character. Like this is what he's gonna be as. This is this is what he is, and this is how he's gonna set up the rest of the game. So. Yeah, it's just I I'm in it for the long haul. I'm I'm okay with him being the the torch bearer for the f- franchise moving forward. I think he's going to do a really good job. Yes. When you compare so when you compare Kiryu, Ichi and then I'm what is it? Uh uh Yag- Yagami from Judgment. So all of the characters are vastly different and it's a good thing that Sega did this otherwise it would just be a whole repeat of the game. But it's like with each new game within the franchise of Ryo Gagotoku, they're always making something fresh. And so far, and what I like about this game is that they've kind of like completely changed the notion of what being in, being in like a Yakuza is too, because and this one is just kind of like, oh, Itchy's told like, oh, Yakuza's aren't flamboyant anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're like like this is like this is this is 2019. You got like it's different. And then on top of that, like even within the same universe of Kamurocho, there's a, always a, like a newly adapted store or like a different sort of entertainment or side game that pops up too. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a new, always there's always new things. A new city too is something to always look forward to. Like whenever I play a Yakuza game, I'm always looking forward to looking at the old city, like for example, Kamurocho, and seeing what changed or what's the same. Like maybe a sign is added, um, maybe something is different, um, maybe there's a new restaurant. Yeah. Like, can I go to Serena Bar? <laughs> like, is one of the first things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things I look forward to. A lot of things I want to find similar. Like, what kind of the, what are the same shops in like in um Hokkaido versus Fukuoka versus Osaka versus Tokyo. Like I, I like to see those kind of changes. But let me just tell you this, Lisa. There's one thing in this game that I am mad about. Like I am furious about in this game. And when oh, I found boy. out about it, I had to do all my research and I got even more mad. And I was like, bruh, please. So I don't know if you noticed this, Lisa, but Don Quixote is missing. It's missing from the game. In all cities. You know, 
Okay, so let me just say let me just start by let me just start by saying there was a point in chapter 1 where like it it's basically implied that you're about to fight someone. So I was like, "Oh, I should get some new food cuz I I'm like really like I don't think I have enough onigiris right now to heal up." Yep. And then when I was looking at the map, I was like, Where's the convenience store? Like, I can't find, like, the nearest convenience store. And why is the nearest convenience store all the way at the bottom of the map? And then when I was looking around, I was like, oh, interesting. There's no Don Quixote, but maybe that's just a thing because it's 2001. But then currently in 2019 in the timeline, I'm like, oh, not only, like, it's still not there. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It was there in 1986 or 1988 when Zero took place. It was there in 2006 when Kiwami took place, but it's not there in 2001. Like, I thought it was like, I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's just under construction. Maybe they don't want you to go yeah. there yet because they want you to go to other places before you go to Don Quixote. I was like, okay, cool, because it was all covered up in like scaffolding and tarp. And I was like, all right, this is kind of weird that it's looking like that, but I, okay, okay. Fast forward to like 2019, I go there, I'm like, it's a police station. I'm like, am I on the right street? I turn around. I see the Kumaro Theater. I'm like, I'm on the right street, but why is this not here? And I was like, okay, maybe they moved it to Yokohama because it's, you know, maybe they wanted to move it to a bigger city. That like, And in this game, Yokohama is the main city, and it's three times bigger than Kamurocho. I'm like, okay, they kind of want to, most of the game is going to be played in, in Yokohama. So obviously it's going to be there. I kid you not. I explored all of Yokohama before I had to go through the main story in each part. I could not find it. I was like, what? Don Quixote is missing from the game? There's no way. That's a and staple. I Googled, it. I Googled it and I found out that the licensing expired. So. They couldn't renew the licensing? You know, I don't get it. Why didn't Sega just renew the licensing I, I for don't, Don Quixote? I don't know. Like, I, that's the part <laughs> that I was like, okay. Why can't you just renew it? If it's expired, why can't you renew it? Maybe it's too expensive. Maybe they had like a, a deal or something that took place in 2006 when the first game came out and they were like, hey, we're going to we're gonna make this game. We're going to put your store in it and it's going to be here until 20 whatever. So maybe that's the reason why is because their contract expired and they didn't want to renew it because they had to like pay another fee. Um, but in any case, it just feels weird. Weird decision for them to not renew it. I mean... Sega seems like it has a decent amount of money to just get Don Quixote. But my worry, too, is, and someone pointed this out on the subreddit, the Yakuza Games subreddit, that because the license expired, that could mean that they could remove it from previous games. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's something they can actually do, like with a patch or something where they just remove it entirely and replace it with something else. But, like, I don't know. It just feels weird. If we learn something about these developers... They will go through the end of the world to replace everything with a patch if they had to. Look at Judgment. <laughs> Judgment's a good example. <laughs> yeah. But like it's But that's so just that's just a weird thing in my opinion to not renew. It's just a store copyright license name. I mean, if you think about it, it's a sponsor. <laughs> like, yeah, in the same way that Suntory is a sponsor and they sponsor the drinks yeah. in the game and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. It's it's weird because there's some missions in the game that require you to go to Don Quixote and get something for the mission, whether it be at cat food or in Judgment's case, like a costume, because all the costumes are at Don Quixote, just like in real life. So it's just, it's strange that you can't do that if you, in the future they decide to remove it from the game. 
It's like you're going to have to rewrite that whole mission. That's a lot of work. I don't think they can remove it from the game retroactively because like the game technically already came out. Um, but It's probably in the knows? contract. Yeah, who knows? If it fell into the timeline of the contract, it might be fine. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping so. Yeah. But yeah. That's th- a weird thing to remove. Yeah, I was just so confused. And I was so mad when I found out that they didn't renew it. I was like, <laughs> yo, what? That's like, I was waiting to go hear the song in the store. Oh, man. That, it's just, uh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm shook. I'm mad. I'm shook and I'm mad. You're I'm shook like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, one of the, that's literally one of the, my favorite things about the Yakuza games because it's just, it adds a little bit more realism to the franchise, in my opinion. Because if you have something real in a video game and and the video games are already like looking pretty realistic, then it it engages me more as a player. And I want to keep playing the game because I think like I feel like I'm going to that place, you know. Um Yeah. So, since we can't go to Japan this year, it's like Yakuza is a way for me to go to Japan virtually. And one of my favorite stores of all time isn't there. I'm like, if it's always been here, why is it not here now? What the heck? Man, they're so weird. Yeah. I don't know what Gosh. But um That's a random decision. Yeah, yeah. I'm... You know, speaking of random decisions, I think it's strange that Sony did not have this as a launch game for PlayStation 5. When I found out that this was a launch game for Xbox, I was like, what the fuck? That's like such a weird turn of events that Sony didn't make this a launch game unless unless Microsoft like snuck up and strike the like struck a deal with Sega for them to have the launch game. But wait, no, no, that doesn't make sense because this is this was a launch on P- PlayStation Four. Yeah, honestly, this makes no sense. I don't get why PlayStation didn't make this a launch for PlayStation Five. It just literally makes no sense because it was a launch for every other console, including PlayStation Four. Well, there's a couple things. It could be that, yeah, maybe Microsoft snuck in and said, hey, we, we'd like this if we give you this money. They're like, okay. Um, also, I'm thinking, I've heard rumors that Microsoft might buy Sega. And I, I do not want that to happen. I don't think that's a good idea. But, I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why it could be possible. Um, oh, God. When everyone freaked out about them buying Bethesda, like, I didn't relate to that as much. But if they bought Sega, that's a game changer, especially if they try to throttle it and try to um, make the Yakuza, uh, Ryo Gakotoku solely an Xbox (sighs) console game. That would be a game changer. That being said, Sega had a deal with just PlayStation for quite some time. I'm surprised they're not making any moves. Yeah. That would be weird if if PlayStation just suddenly let them buy Sega. I would actually I think that's really weird if they do that and also disappointing. Yeah, I I would be I would be definitely disappointed because Sega I feel like they went through a lot in their history. They were originally, you know, a a game console maker before that like making arcade games and stuff and like pachinko machines and slot machines but they went from being a console creator to just a publisher and developer 
but I think that was a, a good thing for them because they could like expand everywhere. Um, but at the same time, like I understand why Microsoft would want to buy Sega because they would want to tap into the Japanese market. Xbox doesn't really do well in the Japanese market. It's Nintendo and Sony that do much better. Um, and I guess for them, Sega would be a way to tap into that market. But they they shut down rumors that they're going to buy Sega uh, back in September. So I can confirm that it's not happening. But again, anything is possible. Maybe maybe it's me saying this now is going to be changed in the next like year or two. But... I mean, it would yeah, be... a sh- a shutting down a rumor could also mean that the deal's not struck yet. Yeah, that's true. Like they they could be saying, "Oh, we we didn't do it, but not yet." It's just so weird to me that PlayStation would not have made a move or like a strong move to just make this game a PlayStation Five launch. Yeah, it is strange. Like, like, e- like I mean, like. Say Microsoft did was like did strike a deal and was just like yeah like let, we're gonna make this a launch game. I'm surprised like they didn't counter back. Is more of just like the oh, well two can play that game. We'll also make it a launch game. That that's just weird to me, especially because PlayStation Four had this as a launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but maybe maybe it's a maybe Microsoft is like, we want it to be a timed exclusive um, because Sega has been um, p- releasing a lot of their Yakuza games on Steam. I say lots yeah. of when it's just, what is it? Zero, one, Kiwami, and two. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think going back to the conversation about um yakuza's like yakuza like a dragon's play style with the release of judgment i think like yagami as a protagonist has proved that um like playing the the brawler style is still relevant and still fun so I'm thinking that if they do decide to make another Judgment game and make the Judgment Oh, they got to make another Judgment game. <laughs> I, know, Man, I, I know you want Are one. you kidding me? I know you want That's one. <laughs> Judgment is honestly, like, I keep saying this. Judgment is like the Red Dead Redemption of Rockstar. Like, when Rockstar was known for some fran- like for one single franchise, and then they were like, you know what? We're going to make a game called Red Dead Redemption and see what happens. And it ended up, it's, like, ended up being, like, one of, like, the greatest games, like, of their, like, company. I, like, that's how I feel about Judgment. Like, it's just, like, we're gonna make a new, completely new game. Like, even though we're just a franchise known for Yakuza. Turns out it's, like, an amazing game. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they can turn into a franchise um, if they keep that brawler style. So, the mainline Yakuza games, I can see them still having the JRPG aesthetic, but I could see Judgment keeping that original brawler style, and um, yeah, and still being in this because it's still in the same vein as the Yakuza games. It it plays and looks exactly like a Yakuza game, but you don't play mm-hmm. as a Yakuza character, which is so interesting. You're just surrounded yeah. by them, and I do agree. I think it should be a franchise. I, I think it should have a sequel because it was just it was so good. Judgment is so good. <laughs> it's such yeah, a good game. it was totally it was totally good. Also, um. What was I going to say? Um, 
it would also like you could just you you just need to have a different crime for each game so it's like you have the first game which is like a crime but also like the backstory of all the characters for yagami and then the next game is just a different crime so there's, there's just there's a whole there's a whole lot of things that you could do with it and i'm all for it if they if they are making one yeah and please put Don Quixote in there. <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> it's just the the writers the writers are just really good. I think the people that yeah. write the Yakuza games are just super duper good at what they do. And I, I, it definitely shows. Um one of the writers Speaking of Oh, go go finish your thought. Oh, I was just gonna say for judgment in particular, one of the writers uh is franchise creator Toshihiro Nagoshi. So I think that with him being a writer, it definitely shows that they want to continue the game series and make into a franchise. Uh, at least that that's what I hope, but uh, that's all yeah. I have to say. Speaking of, so one, one critique I have about the, about not having a brawler system in here is when you have a beat-em-up, you can easily just, gr- so one of the, one of the things that I find the most fun about playing as a as a beat 'em up in Yakuza is I can pick stuff up and actually use them as weapons. Where now in this game, it's more like if Itchy so happens to be next to the thing, then he might pick it up, but he might not pick it up. But I feel like part of the fun was like, oh, look at that motorcycle. I'm going to pick it up right now and beat all of these people up. Beat the shit out of these people. I know. Or... Um, a lot, um, this happened a lot in Yakuza 5, but in Yakuza 5, like, part of, uh, like, a lot of, oh, not even Yakuza 5, but I think Kiwami 2 as well, but a lot of the cut, the cuts of, um, special moves is you actually, like, you can throw people, you can, like, put, like, you're actually fighting inside of the convenience store, and you can like put some like you know like smash like them against like the hot dog like the corn dog stand or like you can actually throw something off of a bridge so i think the and like that being said i'm only on chapter two and i know that like there's like there's a whole job system and i'm supposed to be learning skills as i level up so these sort of special heat moves will or like well technically skills so these special skills like they might actually happen and i'm just like not there yet but the one thing is just I wish I could pick something up and it's just not by happenstance that Ichi might be standing next to something and it might work. I'm 16 hours into the game and I can tell you that there's no heat moves that I've encountered and Ichi still only picks up things that are near him. So yeah, I miss that too. Like I was watching like a gif on the uh, Yakuza subreddit. And someone posted of one in judgment that I didn't experience where if you're near a car on the street, like you'll, like Yagami will push the Yakuza character into that car and that car will have like two Yakuza on the, on, on the side and the car will just drive away. Oh yes, and Yagami's he does do that. I'm like, dude, I like shit like that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it, just, it just comes out of left field and that's that's the one thing, to amplify what you said, like that's the one thing I really miss so far about Yakuza, the original series. Um, because Like a Dragon doesn't have those heat moves and I really would like to see them. I know, but I do, I still like it. See that that's what your that to your point. So that's why you have to make a judgment too, Sega. Cause Sega, how else am I gonna like pick up motorcycles and beat people up with them? Sega. 
So <laughs> Sega, make a judgment so that I could live vicariously through this and not be as disappointed when I play as a JRPG. Sega. Sega, listening, can you please make another judgment game? Can you please add Don Quixote back? Can you please have a lot more heat moves? And I'll be happy after that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. Pretty much. So I I know there's more to the battle system that I just haven't gone to yet. Also because I just, you know, I haven't met a lot of the side characters yet that I'm... By the way, this is just like me predicting. I feel like just the the way that this is laid out, there has to be like a full party system. And I really do think that this military guy who just met me outside of prison is gonna join my team. Like he keeps Jeremy, he keeps following me everywhere. So <laughs> I won't say anything. I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah. gonna say anything. I want you to experience the whole game. But I, I yes. will say that guy is just he's, just, he's a weirdo. <laughs> not like oh, not yeah. like not as a spoiler. I'm just saying like because he's following you around. He's like, hey, I found you again. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like dude, yep, get the he's hell away a weirdo, from me. All right, get the hell away from me. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Why do you always know where I am? <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. But I'm on yeah. here for it. Like that's the whole point of this game. Yeah. And then to uh just to briefly talk about the storyline. Um by the way, if you haven't noticed yet, like um Ichi going to prison is not a spoiler cuz that's actually what's in the trailer. So it's not like we're we're like revealing anything to you, but I do think that the backstory that's introduced in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is really interesting of how Ichi grew up, who his bosses um and just a lot of the characters who cut who are like involved in the upper tier of the arakawa clan as well as the people related to the arakawa clan so it, it, it's um it's uh i i know there's going to be more to the story and a yakuza game never disappoints when it comes to storyline but i like I, I find it fascinating what Itchy did in chapter one. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and I will say I Oh, and then and then one one real quick, the storytelling sure. of Itchy's background was very innovative and cool and like super beautiful, honestly. It's, it's different. It's different. Yeah, it was very different. Um I wanna It was get... like a painting. I know, right? It's just I I really like that too. It's just Yeah. It's unique, and I, I, they're definitely taking it, him as a character seriously, and they're definitely taking yes. his direction with the franchise seriously as well. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I want to give praise to um, the animation, the facial animation, like the likenesses of the characters. The guy that yes. plays Arakawa, I've seen him in a, in a couple movies. The guy that plays uh, Joe Sawashiro, he, I've also seen him in some movies, and when I looked up like their pictures on Google, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like they did a really good job to make them look like they're. Hey. Like um, what part of chapter two are you on? Um, I'm at the part of the chap chapter two where I meet up with my old classmate who used to sell me porn and is now a journalist. Oh, so I'm actually not, not that far. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out. You're in Tokyo still, right? I'm still in Tokyo. I'm not oh, okay. in, um, Yokohama yet. Okay. I was going to say something, but like, I, yeah, I, I really like the facial animations and the facial, just the likenesses because they look, they look really good. And I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, I feel it. Yeah. Ryugo Gotoku Studio is really good at um, 
Just that. Just making Agreed. people look like people. One thing about the storyline that I'm not going to say any names, but I just have to say it because when when so basically I'm at this point where I meet up this old classmate of mine and basically Itchy's like, dude, Uchio, like what happened in Kamurocho? Like what like what's going on right now in 2019? I'm so out of touch. So <laughs> so Uchio is basically telling him like exactly what happened and what happened to the Arakawa clan, like what's going on. And then Uchio mentions like and then this person dies. And then I'm just like, you ain't dead. You know why? Yep. You can't you can't be in so so the character that Uchio says like oh this character dies was introduced in chapter 1 and I'm just like okay I know for a fact that this character ain't dead because for this character to be dead I had to have seen him dead so we're going by film and TV law right here that a character that a character like that can't be dead until you actually see them die so I'm pretty convinced that this character that they that he's talking about that like oh he's like like he passed away I'm like nope that is so false he is in the universe somewhere he probably changed his identity something's going on and I'm most like I I wouldn't be surprised if I find out in the next next chapter but I'm just like you are so not dead <laughs> yeah no I I agree with you because I as as we've seen time and time again with these games. You're not actually even if they get shot on screen, they come back later. Like Kuze! <laughs> look at look at Tarada. Remember the, the former second chairman of the Tojo clan who was working with like the Omi Alliance? Like he's like, Oh, he got shot and he died. I was like, Oh dude, he died. And he comes back at the end, he's like, Hey, hey I'm back. I'm like, bruh, I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> no one ever dies. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I'm excited. So, so that so this character who I'm referencing right now, I'm really interested in what his storyline's all about now because it's like now that everyone or now that the world thinks he's dead, I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this guy because like, yeah, shady <laughs> AF. I I still think he's alive too. Shady AF. What chapter are you on? Um, seven. Okay. Or yeah, eight? I have a lot to catch up with. Oh, chapter five is really long. I'm just telling you that ahead of time. I don't know why, but chapter five was so long. I've been told that this is a really long Yaku like like a really long Yakuza game. Like like maybe like Yakuza Zero Status, which is like one of the one of the longer Yakuza games. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. I'm here for the ride. Yeah. And I love every single moment of it. Yes. So more on that later. Yeah. Oh man. Um Yeah, uh, you want to move on to news? Oh, real quick, I am playing one game. It's one of the reasons why I got distracted this weekend. Sure. I'm back to playing Tekken 7. <laughs> oh, nice. So, kind of it was like a it was like a spur of the moment thing, but um it really weird how it how it happened. So on Spotify, I'm I I'm making a um like an OST playlist, and I was like, I wonder if the Tekken soundtrack is on here. And I was like, Oh my god, Namco made a Tekken soundtrack on hey. Spotify. This is amazing. I love when 
I love that video game companies are actually putting their soundtracks on Spotify. So I added all of these songs and I was like, man, I really want to play Tekken Tag Tournament 2 because Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is my favorite, is like basically like one of my favorite Tekken games. And then like, man, what a, this shows how long it's been. And I had like such a brain fart and I didn't realize this, but Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is a PlayStation 3 game. It's a PS3 game, but it's like, it's in fact, it was like a PS3 game in like 2011 (laughs) and or 2012 maybe. But I was like, holy shit. Like, has it really been that long since Tekken Tag Tournament 2? Like, this is crazy. And it's also, like, because it's, like, my favorite game, it's, like, the one that's on my mind the most. So, for some, in my head, I was like, oh, Tekken Tag Tournament 2 came out in 2015 because (laughs) Tekken 7 came out in 2017. And then I was like, no, it's all a lie. It's all a lie, Jeremy. (laughs) So, So, out of pure laziness... Because I didn't want to connect my PlayStation 3 in that moment, I pl- I started Tekken 7, and then I started playing the game again. Oh, wow. And then that's all I have to say. And then I paid for character downloads, so now I have Julia. Julia Chong, who is a um, Native American character, actually. Oh, cool. For those for those who know the cast, but that's all I wanted to say. Um, Julia Chong's one of my favorite um, Tekken characters. Like I liked her since Tekken Three. Tekken Tekken Three is basically like one like also like one of the best like Tekken games. It's like if people if if someone like asks if you ask someone what your tech what your favorite Tekken game is like ninety percent of the Tekken community will say Tekken Three, and then it's like where a lot of these like lovable characters that we like now like came from Tekken 3. So, wow. Julia Chong's one of them, but I like don't I like play with her, but I also feel like shamed playing her too because according to the Tekken community, like they hella OP'd her in this game. Like she's super powerful now. And like she's she's like Eddie Gordo powerful where meaning that like you can spam a bunch of moves and then like you'll win easily but then i was just like but julia's so fun to play with back then and she's still fun to play with now oh wow but like everyone's just like oh yeah like super op like she's like a cheat character and i'm like but i like her (laughs) you can still like her it doesn't matter (laughs) I know, but then it's like when you play online with people, they're just be they're just like so shameful. Yeah, I hate playing online for that reason. But anyways, that's all I have to say about my Tekken escapades. Um, I started playing that game again. If anyone wants to play against me, hit me up. There you go, Tekken expert Elisa. Yes. I mean, like, but I'm not an expert. Oh, God, I'm not that good. Please don't <laughs> kill me. So. <laughs> do, you, do you use a okay. fight stick? I don't have a fight stick currently. I, like, sold mine off. But it's but I the way that I play fighting games on a controller is as if I had a fight stick anyways. So I, I'm just living vicariously through that. Um, but 
I don't have any intention of getting a fight stick. I just have no room for that shit right now <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Literally no surface space to put it, Jeremy. <laughs> mm, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. So, yep. But one day when I, you know, maybe have my own office and my own house. News. Alrighty. So Pokemon cards are back. They're hot. It's it's weird how like YouTube, like a bunch of YouTubers and like Twitch players are just dictated like, you know what? Pokemon's in now. And like it's in. It's like, <laughs> like they have like the word influencer like definitely lives up to its name, you know? Yeah. Like I I was talking with someone and then they were and I was just like, oh, my God, like is 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 there a new Pokemon game coming out? No. Oh, is there like a new pack coming out? No. It's like, oh, how did you get popular? Oh, a bunch of influencers just started playing it. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> it's play. I guess collecting it as well. I think. Oh, like unboxing old boxes and like playing the game or like unboxing old boxes and collecting it and then discovering old cards is like, yeah, it's it's, it's weird. It's like, it's like, like the original 101 Pokemon. Yeah. Just like the original 151. Um, that, that series is like the most sought after right now with like the first edition versions of those cards being the most expensive for some of the most expensive. I'm sure you've heard that like Charizard is like one of the most sought after cards and it's true. It's worth a lot. But like I was reading up on this, I was doing a lot of research cause I was curious. Um, so there's like two different ways to grade your cards. There's two different companies, one called BGS and the other one called the other one's called PSA. And if you get like a PSA 10, that means that your card is like immaculate. You have to send your card to this company via the mail and they'll send it back to you with a grading and the card comes in like a hard plastic container with like the name of the card, the year it was released, and the the kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insane. And I've been so fascinated by this. I'm not intending to like invest any money in this, but I'm just so curious about it because it's so popular now. Something that I just had an afterthought of because I was so focused on the video games. I never really thought about the card game as something that was going to be so popular. So did re- you never play the card game like or like did? Like, not necessarily play it, but did you not, like, collect cards at least back in, like, early 2000? I'll get into that. I'll get into that. But I want to preface this by saying it's interesting that you mentioned um, influencers because in recent memory, Logan Paul, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, was the person who helped bring Pokemon back into the light as well. I'm not saying he's the only person, but I'm saying he did help out by um, buying like a uh f- like a first edition base set uh original pokemon like un like uh, original pokemon sealed box full of like 36 packs um from like 1999 and that he paid like over $200,000 for it which is insane <laughs> for little pieces of cardboard he is rich yeah he is he's super rich so he could buy whatever he wants but like he's one of the people that is like helping fuel the fire when it comes to collecting um, surprisingly, I was so surprised that of all the people, the guy who found a dead body in Japan and was pointing at it is the person that is now making or helping to make Pokemon popular. Um, and so in turn, he bought, um, Pokemon cards from this guy called Collectibles Guru, who was yep. apparently in Bitcoin. <laughs> 
And this dude, he looks like Saitama from One Punch Man or like Mr. Clean. He's like this really shiny, bald-headed dude. Um, he he's the he's a dude that also collects Pokemon cards with the intent to just invest. A lot of people have called him a scammer. Some people would say he's not really into the community. He's just more into the money, which is true. Um, so he, after the whole Logan Paul thing where he helped Logan Paul, like determine the value of some of Logan Paul's cards that he pulled from that, uh, first edition base set that, that Logan Paul bought. Um, he was also like the, um, seller for these guys called dumb money. Dumb money is a channel on YouTube, uh, composed of three guys who I guess are like investors or something. They're like, they don't really know what Pokemon's all about. And what they would do is they, they would like try to figure out what like the hottest thing is and they would try to like invest money in it or figure it out. So they hired um, collectibles guru to um, they, they basically asked collectible collectibles guru to like sell them um, one of those same boxes that Logan Paul bought. So he did, he brought it over. It was all sealed and he was explaining that there was someone 20 years ago who left it in a gun safe and never opened it. So once they opened it, they found out that, it was fake and that there were a bunch of cards in there from 2020. So someone actually resealed the box. Someone had a machine to like wrap plastic over it and make it look like it was never opened. Um, so that is calling the wildest story. Right. What the heck? Right. And people call it, started calling him a scammer when he's like, no, I'm not a scammer. Talk to the original owner. The original owner who had the box is like, I just sold it to him. I can confirm that I didn't do anything to it. Whatever happened after I gave it to him is up in the air. Like they don't, no one knows who's the person that replaced the cards, but the, everyone knows that the cards were faked somehow. So from the point that the original seller sold it to Collectibles Guru and to the time that he gave it to Dumb Money, anything could have happened. You know, <laughs> like we, no one knows. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to tell you guys that because I think it's 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 just insane how popular these cards are right now i don't know exactly when this phenomenon started because pokemon it definitely started in the summer but because my coworker told me about it i think so too i think it's like earlier this year but for the fact that these cards to become so popular again and there's people out there willing to make fake cards that is insane to me there's another guy um you know how um I'm sorry, you cut off. What about PokerRev? Oh, yeah. No, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, go first. Yeah, there's a guy There's a guy on YouTube. His name is PokeRev. He's um, another Pokemon-related YouTuber. He opens Pokemon cards, like, every week. And he bought, like, a box that was worth $10,000 that was also sealed. And he started opening the cards. Everything looked <laughs> legit. He's like, huh. It's kind of weird that these two packs have the exact same cards in them in the exact same order. And so he did what like a lot of people would probably do if they if they wanted to figure out if your card was fake. You have to like rip the card and if if the front of the card is like a flimsy piece of paper, then your card is fake. So he did that <laughs> and he's like, "Oh man, he spent $10,000 on like a fake box. I think he, he's able to get his money back, but yeah, again, just to point out that People will do anything and will go crazy for these cards, even to the point of making fake boxes or fake making fake cards for little pieces God. of cardboard. People be crazy. Yeah. So what were you saying earlier? 
Oh, I, 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 it's not, it's, it's not like nothing like really like, like a new, it's not, not a new story, but you know how like, um, you know how like, um, that, that TV show container wars or not container wars, mm -hmm. um, storage wars where if you don't pay for your, um, storage unit or storage container for like, for like however amount of time they actually auction off your storage container right can you imagine if you like bought a storage container and it was all, like someone's or original like collection of like 2000 pokemon cards oh wow yeah that, I'm, I'm sure that has happened before just it's not maybe maybe we just missed that news or something <laughs> but like i mean kind of tangential but also related there is like a in like the 1990s or 2000s or something, there's a couple that bought a storage container in New York for like a hundred bucks. They didn't know what was in it. And they found like this, this car and they're like, okay, this is kind of weird. So they took the car. Um, they drove the car on a, like a flatbed truck, like somewhere. And um, someone on the road found it and flagged them down. And they're like, they're like, Hey, you know, this car is famous. They're like, it is they're like, yeah, this car was in a James Bond movie. Like oh crap! Whoa! And so they sold it for like hundreds of thousands of dollars on auction after that. So that's amazing. It is possible to find someone's like long lost Pokemon collection, um, <laughs> because like, given the amount of cards that were produced during that time, it's speculated that there's only a certain amount of like Charizard, certain amount of like Mewtwo's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Unless Not someone to mention somehow... holographic Charizards and holographic Mewtwo's. Exactly. And if someone finds a storage container full of those or like like missing versions of those and who knows, you know, like you just hit gold. But yep. um, to answer your question earlier, Lisa, I did collect car the Pokemon cards for a little bit. So I went and I found them. They're actually near me right now. And I was looking through them and I, I have one that's pretty valuable it's a first edition jungle pikachu i don't know if that means anything. nice yeah it's it's only worth like 600 bucks but there's someone at ebay selling it for 3000 so we'll see what happens <laughs> like maybe this will the price of the card will go up in the future i'm just gonna sit on it until that happens but what about you did you collect pokemon cards or do you have any I don't have any anymore. I'm pretty sure I donated them to a cousin, but I I did used to collect them, and I used to like collecting. Um, or I didn't have that many holographic cards, but I tried to get holographic cards because they were shiny, and you know I'm like a freaking elementary school kid. I yeah. wanted shine. I want. I wanted the shiny cards. Who would have thought like that meant something in the future? <laughs> I know, right? Like, I wanted the shiny cards, too, because, like, everyone wanted yeah. them. I'm like, okay, cool. They're shiny. And then you get them, and then years later, you're like, oh, shit. These are actually worth money now? Like, what the hell? I know. Like, I, like, there was a point where I actually did have a holographic Mewtwo as well. Oh, wow. I believe it. Holy shit. Like, I, like, you know, it's long gone, and it's, like, totally fine. But it's just, like, I remember when I saw it at the store, like it was like wrapped in everything and I checked the back and like the back was legit and I was just like, Oh my god, it's shiny and it's purple. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like these were just the things that mattered to me when I was young. And it's just so it's just so funny how like a bunch of influencers are like, Yeah, like that shiny thing is super valuable now. 
honestly, it's it's just nostalgia, right? When people yeah. get nostalgic over something, then the price goes up. I've been um when I when I started like recollecting GameCube stuff, I realized that there's a lot of GameCube games that are getting more and more expensive. And um, just recently, I actually bought the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess on GameCube, and I paid like yeah. I paid like ninety bucks for that, which wow. is te- technically it's a steal because the game like retails now for like one twenty, maybe a little bit more. So, yeah, it's just it's crazy how once people start getting nostalgic for something, it just becomes valuable, and yeah. everyone wants it. Oh yeah. Even before it like even before Pokemon like started getting Pokemon cards started getting more expensive, they were already expensive. Like like as the years go by, like people still collect Pokemon cards, especially because there's new leagues and everything. And it's still expensive, but just like the degree of how much they drove the price in one summer, like it's just crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's Poke Fever again, Pokemon phenomenon. Yep. Pretty much. But yeah, so um, Pokemon's in. Um, We kind of already talked about the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Um, Again, Elisa and I are waiting for the other versions of the PS5 to come out. I personally won't buy a Series X because a lot of the games that are coming out on Xbox are actually coming to PC. So there isn't, there isn't really a need for me to buy it. And plus, I haven't been historically a, an Xbox buyer or player. I was more into Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation growing up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Personally, I don't really see any value in getting a Series X. For um, sure. Stardew Valley is going to have an update. Are you still playing Stardew Valley or like you kind of just fell I off? I mean, like I stopped playing I stopped playing Stardew Valley since I started playing Animal Crossing, but I've I've known that Concerned Ape has been working on something though. Right. You know who Concerned Ape is, right? Yeah, the the developer, the single dev yeah, the dev- who made the game yeah. by himself. Seriously, like is like the best human being on the planet but um (laughs) like i haven't i haven't played it for a while because animal crossing is out but i knew that this update was happening and that he's like he's adding quite a lot of things to the game which is insane because there's already a lot of stuff to do in stardew valley there's even gentrification in stardew valley as it is already like come on that's that's, what the heck (laughs) yeah there is there is legit like a gentrification factor of Stardew Valley because there is a market that you can go to and you so so the way it works is there is a community center and then there's a there's a market and what you can do is you can um you can just like make a deal with the market and then they'll just start improving different areas of of your farm or town but then what that does is that it what that does is that you like you can't improve the community like the community center like on your own by just selling your own crops and like all of these different things so 
I think it's called Joja. So if you if you like if you make a deal with Joja Market, then they'll just gentrify the community center. <laughs> oh wow! Like yeah, Stardew Valley is a real ass game, man. <laughs> That's crazy. so. The fact that there's another update and it's uh man, I hope I like I wonder what kind of trees he's gonna add. You know, like I, I I'm man, now I gotta now I gotta fix that farm too. Now I got two farms to fix, Jeremy. One in Animal Crossing <laughs> and one in Stardew Valley. This is stress this is stress this is a stressful time to farm, anyways. <laughs> don't play the games. Just don't play them. That's the best way. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested in that update. I just, I haven't read anything about it. I was hoping that you would enlighten me a little bit more. Um, but it sounds like I got to play Stardew Valley, but I don't think I have time. Oh yeah. So one day, one day I'll play it. Yeah. It's an amazing game. I love that game so much. (laughs) Don't Uh, gentrify the town, by the way. That's bad. If you ever play the game. Okay. If you do, then you might as well quit. (laughs) Oh, damn. All right. It's like that. Okay. Okay. Because straight up, like, the mechanic of of Stardew Valley is there's a lot of tasks you have to do to help build the community center. And there's a lot of crops you have to grow. And if you gentrify it, then you don't have to do any of that. And then the game just essentially ends. So don't be one of those people. Don't be a hater, Jeremy. I, I won't. I promise. Do you trust me? <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, moving on. Call of Duty: Black Ops Cold War. That is a long title, in my opinion. It's too many words. <laughs> uh, was released. Um, it serves as a, another entry in the Call of Duty: Black Ops series which is a sub-series of the Call of Duty series. Um, It's a sequel to Call of Duty Black Ops that came out in 2010. Very fitting that it came out 10 years later, I guess. With, like, Black Ops 2 and and Black Ops 3 and, I guess, Black Ops 4 not being related too much. Um, And it takes place in the 60s and the 80s, um, and it's a Call of Duty game. I don't know what else to tell you. It's it's just a Call of Duty game, <laughs> and there's zombies. Sounds about right. Yeah, there's zombies, and everyone likes zombies. Sounds um, about right. And there's a whole zombie story that I have no idea about. Um, and uh, there is one issue that people are having. It's that um, people who bought the PS5 version are accidentally playing the PS4 version because the C- the the game comes with like two versions depending on what system you have and i guess you can accidentally play the ps4 version on the ps5 because the ps5 is of course backwards compatible so mm-hmm. i don't know how you're noticing this i don't know how anyone's noticing this because i don't, I myself don't have a ps5 so i can't tell if i'm playing whatever version but you have to like go yeah. into settings and then change it to the ps5 version um and then even mm-hmm. activision came out and they're like yeah you gotta go to settings and change it on their twitter it's like damn yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like whatever I'm probably not gonna get that game unless someone's like you mm. gotta play it with us zombies is awesome I'll be like alright <laughs> I guess I'll play the game 
Um, but uh, and the final thing on my list on the PS5 is Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's been getting a lot of really good reviews, praising the visuals, the music, the gameplay. Uh, I still have not played the first Spider-Man game. I plan to hopefully this year when it goes on sale on Black Friday. But yeah. for, for the most part, people are giving it good reviews. Totally. I want to play it too eventually. It's only on PS5 or is it on PS4? It's coming on PS4. It should already be on PS4, actually. Oh, dope. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting. Yes. That's all the news I have, Elisa. The only news that I have... Um, oh, by the way, I just checked for you. Yes, it's already on PlayStation 4. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yes. The only news that I have is that um, there's like this kind of like a there's like a thing going on right now on Twitch where streamers are getting copyright claims because of uh, of because of sound effects that happen inside of their games, which is like the wildest thing. <laughs> I thought it was just music and now it's sound effects, too. Like I, I read the, I read that it's like in-game sounds are now also getting copyright claims, and so I think like spot, uh, not sp- why, why did I say Spotify? Um, Twitch is like had to make like a statement that like they're gonna do better in like supporting like their Twitch streamers because it's like if you get the copyright ban, then you can't like m- make your money for that day or like however, you know, weeks or whatever you're banned. But yeah, right. it's like, but the crazy thing is just like. Now it's like in-game sounds are like legit being copyrighted, which is wild. That's so stupid. It can only lead to it can only lead to bad things, Jeremy. The, if if more companies are just like, we're gonna copyright this, and then soon enough, streamers are gonna have to pay more, and just like anyone, anyone will have to pay more for like broadcasting their game just so that they don't get hit with the copyright claim. It's like I can see I can foresee how this goes down. And it, it it doesn't look good. <laughs> you know what? The shitty part is Twitch is like, all right, in order to avoid this, you just have to mute your game. Mute the music. It's like, what? Then I can't play the game. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Mute then the music. what's the point, like, man? <laughs> music is like 50% of the game. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, I, it's just, that's so stupid. Like. Yeah. yeah Bad news wh- bears all around. Yeah, we, we got to ask DJB when he comes on how he feels about that. Because he is like a music streamer. <laughs> he plays a lot of music on his stream. Like, he sings and he plays a guitar. So, like, that yeah. that is already, like, a no-no <laughs> to Twitch. And it's just like, dude, come on, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I feel like people are going to turn over to YouTube because YouTube has a better DMCA system where you can actually fight it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Twitch is like, hey, guess what? Nope. Like you can't even rebuttal the claim. Like you're just like, you're you're done. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. I know. What? That's kind of the risks you take when you want to be on Twitch. It is. You you unconsciously sign that contract with Twitch saying, "Hey, I'm gonna do this," and they're like, "Aha, you can't do that." Man, hell sucks though. <laughs> <sighs> I know, right? Such an inconvenient, you know situation for real all around you'd think that they'd figured this out though just because like you know it this is just like a common thing that you do now (laughs) exactly exactly 
but I guess not. Well, in any case, it just... That's all. Now that's all the news I have. Yeah. If you're a Twitch streamer, just, just be careful. That's all. All right. We have one question um, from PJ Sucks on our Discord. Shout out to you, PJ. Thanks for submitting your question. The question is, do you think that the developers in PS5 games will integrate the haptics into their games? The touchpad became the map button and rarely used for its intended action. I hope so. I mean, yeah, for the I... PS4, that touchpad just became the select button and options was start and share was just share to social media. So I've heard really good things about the PS5 controller and how it has like really crazy haptic feedback. Um, so I'm hoping that they do that as well as the touchpad and make it better and actually use it for stuff because there was some game, there were some mini games in the Yakuza franchise that I was using the touchpad for. I forget what games they were, but I remember using the touchpad and being super accurate with some things. Um, hmm. but yeah, I, I do hope that they take advantage of it because I feel like there's very few games for the PS4 library that utilize the touchpad properly. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I mean, I granted, I haven't played every single PS4 game, but from the games that I've played, it just it feels like they're just like, eh, it, this is this exists. This is there. Yeah. The reason why I so this is so to answer the question from from my end, this is why I'm more optimistic regarding the haptics feedback. Is you think of like any game, and games still incorporate rumble, like your controller rumbles when you bump into something or some you know something like like a gunshot or like developers are still incorporating like that controller vibration, and the whole center button, like I know that the in- original intention was to have it swiped. But I can understand why, like, some developers were just like, oh, this is, like, Tate, like, this is, like, way too much. Like, you don't, what's there to swipe in this game? Whereas, when you're playing a game, like, any action game, there's always going to be some point where, like, maybe the developer's like, rumble! Add that in! And then, like, like, you know, The Last of Us, like, has rumble, and so does Yakuza 7. So it's like, if you think about it, like, haptics is just, like, an elevated level of rumble. So I don't necessarily know how far developers will go. Because I know, like, for example, I've definitely seen videos where um, players are, like, blowing into the controller. And I think that's, like, that's way too much. That's not, that's way too much effort. I don't want to blow into a controller. <laughs> yeah, th- those days are past me. The, the thing with, like, blowing the cartridges. Like, I don't want to do it for a game. That's kind of <laughs> weird. Like, I remember the 3DS yeah. did that. The 3DS had that feature. And I was like, what's the point of this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. So I was just like, that is way too much effort. But but incorporating like a haptic rumble, everyone already does that. So that's so I do think to an extent the haptic thing will stay. I hope so. I I've heard that like you can feel the water 
like past going past your character using the PS5 mm-hmm. controller. You can feel the wind, yes. the ground. I was like, wow, like I, it sounds crazy. And everyone's saying, yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's actually true. So I believe them. If everyone's saying it, it must be true. I've yet to try it myself one day, hopefully. But mm-hmm. I am curious. And I do hope that every single game makes use of that feature. Otherwise, yes. why the hell does it exist? Yep, pretty much. So thanks again, PJ, for asking us that question. That was super dope. Um, always, yes. always love answering questions from you guys. And if you'd like to send us a question or comment, you can do so at www.downtime.live. You can go to the contact form, fill out the contact form. It'll send directly to us where we'll be able to answer the question or comment on the podcast. You can also send us a question or comment the old-fashioned way at contact at downtime.live. And that will shoot us an email with your question or comment. And we'll read it on the podcast. You can leave a comment or question wherever this podcast is hosted. We will read it on the podcast. Um, we're on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, if you want to join our Discord community, you can find that link in the description of wherever this video or audio is hosted. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the podcast. It is currently at five stars, which is awesome. Thank you guys for being so kind and leaving us that awesome five-star review. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it for housekeeping. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter at Downtime Live. That's it. <laughs> that's all the housekeeping stuff I got. Am I missing something, Elisa? That's I feel it. Like I'm missing something. Nope. I think that's it. We'll see y'all next week. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Downtime Podcast, episode 149. Have a good one. Peace.